0: Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security,
1: and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. I am Clive Ennevar, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Liz Jarvis, from the business better business decisions and we're talking about using numbers to make better business decisions now liz is not your average chartered accountant she is an innovator and profit maker liz works with business owners to help them understand their numbers so they can make better business decisions decisions that save time money and tax and helps to attain profit dreams Hello, Liz, and welcome to Business Conversations.
0: Hello, Clive. Thank you very much for having me on your show.
1: That's an absolute pleasure. Now, lots of people, of course, when they hear that we're going to be having a conversation with an accountant, might get a little bit worried that it's going to be a bit dry. (laughs) But uh, I can assure everybody, because I've known Liz for quite a while now, that Liz is anything but dry when it comes to talking about numbers, because she gets very excited about them. But where have we found you today? Where are you geographically?
0: Well, Clive, I'm in my um, hometown of Wingham in New South Wales. So we're a regional community and I work from here. Sometimes I see people in person and um, quite often I work with them on Zoom. Uh, so I have clients all over the country. But today I'm at home in my town that I love very much.
1: Oh, Very good. And... I've actually heard that you're very involved in the local community, with the, particularly with the business side of things.
0: I am. Uh, we have a Chamber of Commerce here in Wingham, and I'm currently the president of that Chamber of Commerce. We've been having some fun doing place activation and uh, building some planter boxes for our town and livening the place up. We've just had... Stephen Michael King, the children's book author, do a mural on one of our buildings. So we're starting to have murals in our town because tourists come for our history, but we also want them to have other things to do while they're here. They visit our fantastic museum as well. So yes, I'm involved in the business community uh, here as the chamber president and we have a, a large local government area which is now being named for tourists as the Barrington Coast. And I'm also president of the Mid Coast Chamber, so the eight chambers of commerce that cover this beautiful area. I'm involved in that as well, doing economic development with the council. So I've got my fingers in a few pies, but it's always great to help my community and um, any business that I can help at, the, at that big level or right down to the nitty-gritty when we're working individually.
1: Uh, That's excellent. It's great to see that you're engaged and involved in what's happening in your local area. And I've been to that area. I know it very well. It's a very attractive part of the country. So uh, good on you and good on you for working with people using all of this fancy technology that we've got nowadays. (laughs) Because you've been uh, working at this caper for about three decades, if I remember correctly. And, uh, in all of that time, you've been looking at uh, what makes a business tick in terms of numbers and identifying lots of shortcuts, good shortcuts. Lots of times shortcuts don't work, but I understand yours sure. pretty Uh To get you to profit. And as a result of that, you're known in certain circles as the profit geek. How did that come about?
0: Uh, Well, that came about because, as you said at the outset, people often think accounting is very boring and that um, us accountants are dry and horrible. It was very difficult to get a new concept of accounting, you know, other than your tax accountant as a service that you could come to that helps people with numbers. So trying to get away from the word accounting and trying to sell my services, as we know, it's not easy sometimes. Came up with the profit geek term and it seemed to work. It breaks the ice. It's much better than saying I'm an accountant. They glaze over and you've lost them before you start. So
1: <laughs> it good. helped
0: me in my journey to see that my services in a, in a different light, which you, Clive, have helped me with as well. And that, all of that led through to this current business name of Better Business Decisions because that is so important for every business owner.
1: Indeed. And of course, most people are aware of the numbers that they have. Um, One of the things that I've noticed through the years is that although people are aware of the numbers, they might not necessarily know how to interpret them. Is that where you come in, Liz?
0: That's exactly right, Clive. So things have changed a lot in the last mm, 20 years or so, because the do-it-yourself software has been around our MYOB, our Xero, our QuickBooks. Everyone's been doing themselves with computers. They see the advertising that shows you how easy it is, how simple it is, and then feel very stupid when they don't understand it or they get themselves in a muddle. So we have our, we have many bookkeepers that have also come into the industry that do a lot of data entry for clients and reconciliations and so on, but they are not trained or experienced in interpreting those numbers and then often though what they do um, gets prepared and then passed on to the tax accountant and the tax accountant prepares tax returns. That's what they do. They make sure that your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed and you sign on the dotted line. But the services we used to give about walking through people's numbers before they got put into their tax return and giving longer-term advice and so on, that seems to have you know, fallen to the side. So there's so much information in the numbers that isn't being interpreted. You know, I came across a client who was making losses, but the accountant hadn't mentioned that. He just got her to sign her tax return. She got a nice refund, so it felt like it was a good job. But nobody wanted to mention the losses word, and she was really struggling and didn't understand why But accountants, if they're not sitting down and having a conversation with you about your numbers, then you need to get that service from somewhere else and your bookkeeper can't provide that. Yeah, that's what we do here. We look at your numbers as an additional service. We don't do tax returns here. So we're not looking to take over the work of your tax accountant or your bookkeeper, although we can help with that if you don't have one. We're all about interpreting the numbers and making sure that you're traveling in the direction of your goals. You know, what, what are you, what are you in business for anyway? Why are you slogging it out? Because let's face it, business is not easy. Are you on the right track to get to where you want to go? And I look at the numbers for that. And sometimes we have to dig deeper than the numbers that are, you know, presented by the standard software, making sure that you're digging into the detail because your chart of accounts is, you know, who set that up? That one's a, another sticky one sorry Clive I'm probably rambling
1: too much <laughs> that's all right but look you mentioned some really important things in in that uh, uh, few moments there Liz and one of the things about interpreting numbers uh, a lot of our listeners might find that a little bit odd how do you interpret numbers numbers are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and that's about <laughs> it um, well actually we probably should start with zero and go to nine but that's another so. <laughs> the yeah. interpreting numbers what does it mean um to accurately interpret numbers it's really important as you mentioned there to understand where somebody wants to go how do you go about finding where your clients actually want to go what are the, how do you discover what they want to achieve so that you can interpret the numbers to best help that
0: well, we always start with a discovery session, Clive. It usually takes about an hour and a half and I'll meet with the client. Now if that's a if a husband and wife are in business or you know, two people are in business together, we'll have everyone together at once. And again, as I said, either via Zoom or in in the room. But I basically let them talk about what it is that they do. I ask questions about what their goals are. I'm actually really, really interested in every business and what direction they're trying to take because profits often, you know, at the intersection of passion and the numbers. So, but, so I want to hear about their passion. I want to hear about why they're in business or whether they're, you know, third or fourth generation business. Sometimes um, we have clients that are in that position. And so they may have lost a bit of the passion, but we, we want to work out why they're in it, how long they want to be in it and how profitable they want it to be so for some people you know right at if the bottom end of the scale if you like some pe- some of my clients have a business for mental health to be honest so we just have it ticking along at a level that they can manage and other clients you know are making millions but they may not be making as many millions as they could be if we tweak things to be a bit different so yeah to answer your question we have a good chat a nice long chat about why are we here Oh. Indeed,
1: lots, lots to be said for having these conversations, Liz. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, long-term planning is something uh, to, I think perhaps we don't spend enough time on uh, uh, as people in business. And I saw an article out on uh, social media this morning by a pretty handy group who cater mostly to farmers. And they were discussing succession planning. Is that something that uh, businesses other than farmers, because farmers are, of course, typically uh, handed down through the generations, but uh, what about other businesses? Is, is succession planning something they should look at?
0: Every business should look at succession planning, Clive. It is, um, succession doesn't necessarily mean passing it down through the family. It, it, it's all about... How do I get out when it's time to get out? Or do I pass it to my family? Am I going to sell it? Let's face it, we have to have an exit plan so that we can have some retirement or some life. Um, admittedly, most business owners quite happily would work until they get to the grave because they love what they do. But we have to be practical as well. And so having a plan to so that things are lined up well in case you need to exit. There's so many different examples. I I have an example of a a client with a successful health practice that, you know, she's become a little tired of that. And so she's ready to move on over a number of years. We got get things ready and we need to find a buyer. I have another client that um, had planned a management buyout. Um, That didn't go to plan. That succession plan, you know, just, wasn't looked at well enough and it backfired Um, I have some farming families that are doing a really early succession plan because you know the previous generation didn't do it well and then sometimes we have you know even just tradies you know looking for another tradie to start to take the load off you as your body gets worn out Uh, so there's many many ways to consider succession it should be something that you look at before you have to so you start and and that's part of my conversations with my clients is you know where is this going to where where do you want this to go when you don't want to do it anymore because it needs to be professionally enough set up so that you can sell it on
1: and you mentioned that you've got one group there who made a very early succession plan and you mentioned that as though it uh, was uncommon (laughs) when should we look at creating a succession plan.
0: (laughs) I think um, it's part of your annual planning. It can be part of many things, but you should be mindful at all times about what would happen if something happens to you and keeping, you know, not leaving that until tomorrow. That's one of the things we all do. We'll worry about that later. You know, some businesses are quite difficult to hand on because they're very...
1: uh, skill specific That's
0: it. Very skill specific so even for myself organizing you know considering succession planning involves systems and practices that mean that I can upskill other accountants to the the way that I think the way that I've brought my business to to where it is today and and how it's going to go forward so whether you're a you know accountant or a doctor or a a farmer or a manufacturer you want to be ready for if something goes wrong if you'd like your things to continue. Now some people don't want it to continue after them so their succession plan is more like a wrap-up plan but also you know if the worst thing happens and you pass away you don't want to leave your loved ones with the mess of tidying up all the things you hadn't considered.
1: Let's turn directly to numbers Liz. Numbers are a wonderful thing in business and I remember hearing long ago a fellow telling me that uh, sometimes in business there is much counted which simply does not count. (laughs) (laughs) But
0: when we look at
1: numbers uh, every year, of course, there comes a time when in business we need to put all the numbers together and send it off to the tax man and let him agree that we have paid sufficient or not. And those numbers, I gather, hold clues about what's likely to happen next year. How should uh, somebody in business look at those numbers?
0: Your numbers have so much information within them. I encourage my clients to get curious with numbers. Many people are terrified of numbers. So the first hurdle we get over is getting over that fear of numbers. Uh, We have some tricks that work quite well for that. And then I encourage the curiosity, the interrogation of the numbers. So... The numbers answer just about any question you might have about your business. So as you are thinking about the future of your business, as you are thinking about the goals that you have in the business, whether you've got a good year ahead of you and you know that you're going to be up for a good big tax bill, the numbers can give you some ideas of that. Or if your numbers are showing that you're going down, digging deeper into them can show you some of the reasons why that might be. Even if you've got a team of salesmen, the numbers tell you quite a lot about their behaviour and what's working and what's not. Numbers in terms of cash flow are important. Uh, Numbers in terms of how quickly you're collecting money, how quickly you're paying your bills. Your bank account is not an indication of how well your business is going, for example. (laughs) We need to look far deeper than that. And yes, much is counted that doesn't count especially in the days of spreadsheets. Everyone can use a spreadsheet a little bit. Everyone thinks they're quite good at them, but only the ones who are really good don't think they're good at it because they know there's more to know. But I find, unfortunately, many spreadsheets set up to count various things or do various things that are then attracting from what's really important. Cash flow is a good one where sometimes the numbers lots is counted that doesn't count. I've seen too many businesses where usually a non-accountant has started to look at numbers and get panicky about cash flow and then try to build a spreadsheet that gives them all the answers about what to pay and when. It just doesn't work like that. In fact, there's you know there are many other important things that are that come into play about who to pay. It's much better to put your energy into thinking around you know what keeps production going what keeps things happening which suppliers can i communicate with to give me a little bit more slack while i get over this problem or that problem so building up numbers to you can go too far to, to the extremes of counting things that don't count pulling together numbers that don't count when really you in those scenarios you want more of a 30,000 foot view not a to the cent kind of view you can get really really caught up i've seen it too many times where The eye is so far off the ball from following the wrong numbers.
1: So ideally, we want to find somebody who can actually understand numbers and tell us what they mean. And if we're that way inclined, coach us in how to read them so that we get early indicators of what's happening. Either way, because I've learned that numbers are pretty wonderful things insofar as they're not emotional, they'll just tell you the way it is. (laughs) <laughs> yes and from that you're then in a position to move forward whether you've had a good time or a bad time the numbers simply point to what it is and so you can make appropriate decisions and move on is that that's what you're involved in Liz
0: yeah that's absolutely right Clive before I go ahead on that though one thing to keep in mind is as things stop going to plan or start getting out of hand many business owners will stop processing their information and then we don't really have accurate information to tell us what's really going on so I would before we talk about interpreting the numbers anymore I'd also encourage business owners not to get behind because it can dig a much much bigger hole you're better to stay on top even if things are not going well keeping your things processed so that if we were to sit down together we can actually tell where you're at and read those numbers and get some information about them and not have to get the data entry all up to date and everything before we can even work out what's happened. So the numbers give us many clues as to what's going on, but if they haven't been processed and we don't have any numbers, all we can go on is the bank account. That's not going to tell us enough. Although an experienced person with numbers can review a set of bank statements and get quite a long way. But it would be better if everything's up to date and we can dig into whatever numbers are being presented to see what's going on. And sometimes it's just that the right information is being processed in the wrong ways and put into the wrong categories and leaving you blind as to what's really going on. That would be a good example of
1: that. Say, <laughs> so for example, if we, if we pick... Sometimes uh, people like to group things that they think are similar into a line item for example <laughs>
0: what,
1: what oh. might be an example there
0: don't get me started on those um, so without wanting to scare the listener most businesses have what we call a chart of accounts and that's the list of names of the accounts that transactions get assigned to now I teach numbers when, I, when I'm working with my clients and helping them to not be fearful of their information. We talk about your financial statements being the story of your business. It's, it's as simple as that, really. We get out our financials and we look at our profit and loss statement, tells us the income and the expenses, and we start to read the story of our business. But if you've used a templated chart of accounts, which that's been built up over the years by the tax accountants, really, and then it's found its way into MyOb and Zero, you'll find that there are categories that have been used for tax that are not helpful in business decision making. So, if we go to our farmers, it's a fantastic example. There is a very common line item called feed, fodder, and fertiliser. Now, Feed, fodder and fertiliser are three very different things that farmers need to consider in making everyday decisions about how to spend money on their farm. They should not be grouped together in the financials. It's just something that's, you know, it's a legacy problem of the way that do-it-yourself accounting packages have come, um, have sort of morphed over time, but have been directed by how tax accounts were kept. So if you look at the Dairy Australia chart of accounts, for example, you'll find that feed, fodder and fertiliser has about 20 different categories. So that's an example where we need to find the right balance in the story of our business between detail and summary. You don't want everything on one line, every single thing you can think of. You don't want that much detail but you want the detail that's right for you and your business and your decision-making. So you shouldn't go by the accountant saying, oh, I like it this way because it's none of their business. They're going to look at it for tax. We want to look at it for making decisions in our business that propel us towards our goals and get things to happen the way we want it to happen.
1: Very good point, Liz. Uh, you making there with the, let's not have too much detail, count things that don't necessarily count, <laughs> <laughs> but, let's not lump it all in together so that we can't actually see what's going on. That's right. Very good. We've been having a lovely conversation here, Liz, and I could keep going because I love the way that you're able to determine from the numbers precisely what's happening and therefore plan the future. But um, I've heard you in the past talk about pollution in that story that you just mentioned, the story of somebody's business. What do you mean by pollution in the story?
0: Oh, yeah, pollution. I first started thinking of it as pollution when I realised that the job of the tax accountant had kind of morphed from processing, you know, they used to call it shoebox accounting. We'd get a shoebox, you'd have the bank, you know, the check butts and receipts and all of that. At least you had the right information to start with and you processed all of that. And then we got to do-it-yourself accounting and everybody could do their own MYOB or Xero or QuickBooks or any of the other packages. And what started to happen was that we started to have to work out what was right and what was wrong. And so in one of my my pilot program that I had run a crowdfunding for, I had this lovely photo or lovely uh, cartoon, no, photo it was, of garbage being sorted. And it was my, you know, my, my way of showing my students that if you put garbage in, you have to pay your accountant to take the garbage out. And it was in my searching for what had gone wrong in the accounting industry that this, that this dawned on me that when we do get this garbage of badly processed information, you know, accountants fees are, are fairly hefty already and there's a budget that they have to follow. And if you send in garbage and they have to sort garbage, then there's no money left in the budget for their their service to you to talk to you about all of the information. So that's when I first started thinking about it as pollution. But over the years, I've also seen um, some quite large businesses where really specific software that's designed um, to make the business run smoothly is incapable of doing what it should do because parameters have been completed incorrectly by records being just copied willy-nilly or by not enough accounting thought being put into the implementation of the software. So then we get really big garbage that means that lots of people in the business, basically the, the water's not clear anymore. There's plastic bags in it. And nobody can get the job done properly, so it's it 's a bit of the yeah it 's definitely the diy thing it's it 's partly the where we 've come to with everyone being able to use computers but it 's quite frightening and um, i 've spoken with a number of software providers at that higher level about what's, what 's what they 're starting to see in industry because accountants aren 't being you know good qualified trained accountants that understand. The, the layers of information and where they should go are not being involved in the decisions about how to make the system tick along beautifully, the way that, they, that they're designed. Another thing that's happened that's added to the pollution, I guess, is that the old-fashioned systems... Had some very strict controls in them because we had hardly any data space, to be honest, is why things happened this way. But you had to roll it over and everyone printed their one set of reports off every month. There was this sort of discipline going on. But now in our current technology, that discipline is not necessarily were required, but one of the side effects of that is this 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 garbage that's undetected until quite often until it's too late. Thing, yeah, eyes are off the ball of where they should be dealing with the pollution, and businesses can fail in the midst of all of that.
1: So ideally, all too often. <laughs> <laughs> ideally, we, if we're going to be in business, we need to find ourselves uh, an appropriately qualified accountant who can guide us through all the myriad difficulties that can arise in terms of dealing with taxation and paying bills and uh, receiving monies and recording all of that information appropriately. If we're just starting out, we should do that right now. And if we've been in business for some period of time, even a long time, and we don't have it, we should do that now.
0: Yes. I think, and it, it, look, it never hurts to get a second opinion Um, quite often things become stale um you know accountants your you may have employed a young accountant who hasn't had any and you know it's 10 years later and they haven't necessarily talked with other people about how they could better do things or you know you might have used the same tax accountant for a long time and people have changed within that tax accountant and you're you know you're losing touch with things so i think getting a second opinion on things or just talking to somebody else about what's going on in your business and, and how how the, how the numbers are in, impacted. Um, it's not it's not really a service that has a, a, a definition right now, but I guess that's the service I'm trying to generate and um, make available to people because people don't like to change accountants. They've got history with their accountants. They're uncomfortable about changing accountants. So we try to offer a service that you know, is separate to that decision. Your tax accounting is very different to your everyday decision-making on accounting. And accounting is, is quite a, you know, it's, it's quite an art when it's done well. And some managers think they can do all of the accounting uh, or that they, you know, that they know what they're doing. But unless, you know, the business owners need to make sure that their team is actually getting it right? So bringing in an outsider to have a look over it. We've, we've done some profit reviews, it's just um, basic profit reviews for clients where we come in, we have a look at things, we talk to the owner, get a feel for how well they know what those numbers are. Don't abdicate your numbers to someone else. It's, it's just far, far, far too important. Um, delegation is about having an understanding and then passing the doing down to someone else. When you abdicate and, and just leave it up to somebody else, it, I've just seen too many, too many disasters, something you really should not do.
1: So let's encourage everybody to get more information, find more information, get different views on how to achieve the outcomes. And we could go on with this forever, Liz. Uh, why not? <laughs> yeah,
0: we, we need them to take their numbers seriously and, you know, get help to understand them.
1: Yes, and it's all about having conversations. It is. Liz, what is the best tip you have received from a business conversation?
0: The best tip I've ever received is about understanding your customers. We all provide something our customer needs. And unless we understand what that is from their point of view, it's very difficult to deliver it. And so... Yeah, deeply understanding what your customer is looking for in their words, not your words. That's one of the reasons I met Clive is because I understood that my accountant speak wasn't speaking to clients.
1: (laughs) That's the best
0: piece of advice I've ever had is to understand what your customer is looking for.
1: Extremely important. The only thing that actually makes it all work. What's the top piece of advice you'd like to leave listeners with today?
0: Well, um, hopefully it's not too simple, but I see this far too much. And that is to separate your business and personal transactions. Lots of people don't get around to it. So they don't have a separate bank account for business especially if you're starting out don't just use your bank account start a separate account for the business leave your personal transactions out of it it costs you a fortune if you don't and I've even been guilty of it so you know it's easier said than done but that discipline that early discipline of having a separate bank account for business and alongside of that a separate bank account to put aside your GST and your tax that is the best way to make sure that you save money in record keeping and keep simplicity in the business and it stops data pollution.
1: And that sounds like another one of those situations that if you don't have uh, those separate bank accounts, whether you're starting out or whether you've been here a long time, let's get it done.
0: Absolutely. Start today. Start today. (laughs) Remember, it costs you more if you don't. (laughs)
1: Liz, it's been great to have a chat with you about numbers and how how we can use them and should use them in our business. But uh, our time's coming to a close today. So most importantly, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation?
0: Well, they can reach us through our website, betterbusinessdecisions.com.au. That's the best place to start. There's a few different Indeed. options when you go Decisions
1: there. It's just uh, three words all pushed together. No breaks. It's just betterbusinessdecisions.com.au. That's
0: right. That's where you'll find us.
1: There you go. Liz, it's been great to have this chat with you. Um, thank you very much. And I think we'll get you back another time because um, we've got some tax times coming up soonish. We might oh, have to we'll have do. one of these chats specifically about that.
0: Yes, don't fall for the it's tax deductible rule know what tax rate you're on.
1: <laughs> There's another headline. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Liz.
0: Thank you, Clive. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive enever Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at
1: cliveennevar.com.au.